handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. On with us today, very special guest from The Athletic, Mr. Zach Kiefer himself. Zach, thanks for, so much for coming on, man. How have you been? I know you've talked about it's been kind of a wild kind of day, talking with assistant coaches and all that fun stuff, but how's it going? Yeah, wild day, wild couple of months. Um, we did get Scott Milanovic, the new quarterbacks coach this afternoon, along with Press Taylor, you know, sort of the senior offensive assistant. And and it's been a wild couple of months. I mean, I know Stephen Holder and I haven't had a vacation since the start of the season. Usually we take a break after the season ends. But this year with all the quarterback questions and then they went out and traded for Carson Wentz, it's just been so busy. And all of a sudden it's going to be April in a couple of days and the drafts around the corner. So it's been fun. It's been busy. A lot to like about what the Colts have done this year in a couple of areas, but I know a lot of fans out there are not happy that they haven't been as active as they wanted in free agency. Yeah, and you know, from the topic of this video, that's where we're going to dive into. I think it's a pretty good segue here, Zach. Now, obviously, you and Steven did a podcast a few days ago kind of discussing this same topic, and, and you're right. There's been a lot of Colts fans who have kind of been a little bit questionable. I know even like at certain points as a fan, I've been the same way. I've been like, you have all this money. There's some, you know, guys at premium positions that you're looking for. Why haven't the Colts made more moves at those positions? And so we can kind of start and kind of dive in, Zach, where you guys were talking about, you know, with some of these guys. Like, I know there's a lot of guys, like specifically at edge, that a lot of people, including myself, are like, I feel like the Colts need to at least, you know, test the waters with some of these guys. Uh, why do you think the Colts were very silent outside of signing Isaiah, Isaac Rochelle, I should say? Why do you think they were so silent and didn't you know, dish out a decent amount of money for some of these guys at kind of reasonable prices, for honestly, for some pass rushers in the past? I'm curious your take on that and kind of what you've taken away, hearing what Ballard and Reich and all the people have said about that. Yeah, I will say this. They haven't been silent. Just because they don't sign a guy doesn't mean they were in on a guy. You know, I know for a fact they were in on J.J. Watt to some degree. They weren't going to pay what Arizona paid, but that tells you they were being a little aggressive and they were trying to address the, the needed defensive end, right? They want to improve their pass rush. I think you and everybody out there listening knows they need to get better in that regard. I mean, you go back to the playoff game, and if they got into Josh Allen just a couple more times, that's a game they could have won. You know, that's very much a game they could have won with that area. And like you said, you nailed it. Premium positions, right? Left tackle pass rush that comes to mind for me the vibe i have gotten from talking to people in and around the organization and then people outside the building the colts didn't see a lot of a players out there the elite guys um the one thing that gets lost in free agency a lot is the fact that these guys are available for a reason now those reasons are all over the map right but there's a reason that that team that had them isn't bringing them back. Whether they can't afford them, they don't fit, whatever. There's a million different things. But Ballard is stubborn about this. And whether you like it or not, and I know a lot of people out there, a lot of fans are, are not happy about how stubborn he is. He doesn't want to play a B player A money. He doesn't want to play a C player B money. Mm-hmm. And he's stubborn to a fault in that regard. And, and I don't love what they've done with the pass rush either. I'm, I'm going to sit here and be honest with you. 
it's yeah. an issue for me. I love what they have in the middle with, with Grover and with Buckner. But at this point, you've got Toure and you've got Rochelle and you've got Banigou. And Banigou hasn't done anything in two seasons. And, you know, maybe you bring back Justin Houston. I know they're not done at pass rush. They're not done at defensive end. Houston's still out there. I could see that happening. But this is, a, this is a long-term play for them. It's not just this week. It's not just this month of free agency. It's not just this year. You know, I talked to some people before the free agency period started, and they said, look, we're not going to change. We're not going to budge. They were willing to let TY out, go out there on the market and see what was out there. They were willing to let every single one of their free agents, Xavier Rhodes, Justin Houston, go see what was out there. And if they got a better deal, those players were willing to sign with someone else. That was the risk they were willing to take. Uh, they brought a couple of those guys back. Marlon Mack, Xavier Rhodes, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. took substantially less money to come in Indy. I can say that for a fact. Now, T.Y. said this on the Pat McAfee show as well, but they're thinking ahead. They're thinking about, you know, at the forefront of their mind is, is Darius Leonard's deal, is Quentin Nelson's deal, is Braden Smith's deal. So I'm not here to say I love the Colts approach, but I am going to say you got to admire the fact that they're sticking with the plan they laid out. And I know the fans out there are going to be pretty freaking pumped when they sign Braden Smith to an extension and Darius to a huge extension and Quentin Nelson to a huge extension and maybe even Naheem Hines. So the thinking is they want to bring their own guys back. And if that means they're going to be very picky on the open market and they don't want to overspend, that's just how it's going to be. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, looking at, you know, just the Colts approach overall, they haven't done a ton in terms of like going after a big fish, if that makes sense. But I think a lot of people think the Colts are unwilling to do that, which I think is interesting. And I'm like, did you guys just forget like the last offseason literally going and, and trading number one pick for Buckner and Buckner, Carson Wentz? You could even say yeah. Real, Rivers. I mean, you could say Rivers. Yeah. I mean, they gave up a first round pick for Buckner. They gave up a, a second and a third that, you know, a Here's what I would say on that, not to interrupt you, but no, you're good. Ballard will go get the big fish, but he's just very, very careful about it. He's yeah. very, very particular, and he doesn't make moves that will backfire in his face. Rivers was was going to work out for the most part. Wentz, we'll see. I think Wentz is the biggest gamble of all. Buckner mm -hmm. was a home run. So he's he's willing to go all out and to go all in on a big name. He's just very selective. It's interesting, Zach, because I look at some of the teams that are annually in like, you know, winning free agency, right? Those teams, what, New York, both New York teams. It's always the, the Jets. Patriots. It's always. And then you look like a guy like CJ Mosley, who I know people were like a few off seasons ago, were like, oh, Colt should go after him. The Jets are trying to trade him. So like, it just goes to show you can do that. You can go that approach. Sometimes it works like with the Rams a few years ago, but Overall, I think I respect that about Ballard is he's so disciplined. He'll make moves, but only when they make sense for the team, right? And I just wish some people would understand, I guess, a little bit more like, look, the Colts aren't like the Jets or the Giants where they have to go make these signings and they're like won four or five games last year. The Colts are very close to being a contender. And so you, you can't just go spending money like gung-ho. Yeah, it looks like you have a lot, but you mentioned it, Zach. You got to resign some of your own guys. I mean, I know there's a lot of people we can move on kind of talking about the offensive line because I know there's a lot of people that were like, why weren't the Colts going after Trent Williams or trading for Orlando Brown? And I'm like, well, you got to pay your other guys. If you do that, you're probably going to let a Braden Smith or probably not quit Nelson, but you know what I mean? Let one of those big guys go. So I really love what the Colts have done. Obviously, I would have liked the pass rusher, but I think it makes sense. I respect what Chris Ballard has done overall. 
And his approach to free agency, I think I'm right there with you. Like, I don't necessarily agree with what they're doing all the time, but I get it and I respect it. And if there's anything you want as a fan, you want to believe that the guy running the team has a plan. You don't always have to agree with every move, but you made a really good point there. Like, let's go back and look at some of the free agent signings of the last couple of years. And let's look at the contracts that were given out, the, the guaranteed money. And let's look at how it played out because the Jets haven't gotten any better. They stink. The Giants are not any good. I mean, we're going down the list. Let's think about the teams that don't go into free agency very often. The Seahawks are pretty selective. They win every year. The Packers are very quiet. They signed one of their own, Aaron Jones, and that's it. The Ravens are very selective, and they win every year. And I know for a fact that Ballard had opportunities before he came to the Colts. And one of the reasons he chose to turn down this opportunity, this particular team, was because the owner wasn't going to give him time to win. And how do you how do you win over time? You draft. He's all about the draft. And it's not going to be quick fixes. And with the exception of 17, when he took over and he had to get Chuck Pagano a younger defense, he's been very, very quiet in free agency. And fans, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter, I get, trust me, I, my mentions explode. Why aren't the Colts doing anything? Mm-hmm. And we always joke, me and Wells and Holder and Kevin Bowen, like we all, trust me, we hear it. And I've had a lot of long talks with Ballard over the years about free agency trying to learn about what he thinks and why he does what he does. And he gave me this quote one time from George Young, the legendary GM of the Giants who won a couple of Super Bowls with Parcells in the 80s. And they said, look, everybody in this league is impulsive. Fans are impulsive. Coaches are impulsive. Agents are impulsive. Players are impulsive. I'm not. I'm not going to be. And Ballard loves that. And he says, look, if you want fans, like the, right now, the Colts, they need a defensive end, right? Fans want a defensive end so they can sleep better tonight and think that their team is better. But he said, then that guy's got to go play. And he doesn't want to sign guys right now that make him feel better now that aren't going to pan out. And Colts fans who are old enough, and you don't have to be that old, can remember the 15 offseason, the 14 offseason when they went out and signed everybody. And, I mean, Todd Harriman lasted two games. Andre Johnson hardly did anything. Frank Gore was good. But, I mean, I was just not willing to do that. And, and he looks at it this way. He sees the players out there that are available, and then he sees his guys, and he chooses his guys. For the most part, that's how they're going to play this. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. Like, I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm curious your thoughts on Isaac Rochelle, though, because obviously he's been like one of the only signings of note the Colts have made outside of re-signing their own guys. What's been your impressions of him so far, and how do you see him kind of fitting into this defense from a culture standpoint and then just as a player in this game? Yeah, from a culture standpoint, he couldn't be better. He could not be a better fit. We got a chance to talk to him late last week, and he I'll be honest, he blew me away in terms of – now, this is an interview. This is not going out and getting sacks on Sundays. But, look, the stats are not going to wow you. I want to say nine and a half sacks over four years. I mean, he was a bit player for the Chargers. But the reason he picked the Colts was, was the right reasons. He feels like he can have the best years of his career here. And it all goes down to like sports science and the coaching and the culture and the defensive line with Brian Baker, the new position coach there, who was tremendous last year in the, in the development of a couple guys. Taekwon comes to mind, Grover Stewart. And who wouldn't want to play alongside Grover Stewart and Buckner? You know, I mean, that's going to make you better as a defensive end. So I think Rochelle's going to fit in well. He might be a little bit like a Danico Autry. Remember, a couple of years ago, the Colts first signing in free agency with this, was this guy named Danico Autry. No one had ever heard of, bit player for the Raiders, kind of a three-tech, kind of a five-tech. That was a tremendous signing if you look at the value. The other thing about the Colton free agency is if they sign a guy, that guy usually plays out his entire contract. 
which is very, very rare in this league. Usually those contracts are front-loaded and they get out of them. The only real instances where that happened is when the Colts changed schemes in 17 and 18 from the 3-4 to the 4-3. How do you get to the quarterback? You do it in waves, and that's how they're going to do it right now until they go find that stud. And it's hard to find those guys. It's hard to find them, it's hard to keep them, and they're very expensive as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, so what are your give me your thoughts? I guess it's gonna be our last thing we can talk about on some of these guys the Colts brought back. So obviously T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, Xavier Rhodes. Were any of these like surprises to you? Any of these stand out to you as like, wow, I can't believe the Colts got them, or wow, that was a good deal for the Colts to get them. What were your thoughts on the the players who did return to Indianapolis? Yeah, I can tell you the Marlon Mack thing surprised me just uh, based on what Chris Bauer said at the end of the season. You know, he kind of expected him to go out and see what was out there. He did for one year for $2 million bucks. I mean, that was easy. The Colts have no hesitation on that. I think I'm higher on Marlon Mack than a lot of people. That's fine. I know he hasn't stayed healthy his entire career, but at his top end, he's a damn good running back. And he does a lot of the things that Jonathan Taylor doesn't do particularly well. Taylor's great. He's going to run you over. Mack's going to go around you. And there's a lot of things with the vision and seeing plays before they happen and before they develop that Marlon Mack helped Jonathan Taylor with through last year. Marlon stayed in Indy, remembered to rehab, was in the the running back room. I mean, he was going through COVID testing just to be in the building. That doesn't happen with a lot of guys when they're hurt for the year. That speaks to the kind of guy Marlon Mack is. I think that that, that running back room could be the best in football this year. I really believe it. And Marlon Mack's a big part of that. It's not just Taylor and it's not just Hines. The Colts are thrilled to get Xavier Rose back as well. They're thrilled to pay him $6.5 million. I mean, he, he's, he was a lockdown corner last year. He fits really well with their scheme. And I think Xavier's really smart to come back here because if this team continues to add pieces on defense, he's a great fit for a zone scheme later in his career. And with questions about Rocky Sin, you got you got to address that position. So I really like the move to bring back Xavier. And then thirdly, you know, T.Y., it's crazy that the bring T.Y. home movement on Twitter, T.Y. said in his own words that mattered. I mean, I know for a fact he turned down more money on the table from the Baltimore Ravens, a significant chunk of money, not six figures, seven figures. And the word I got from inside the building was the Colts are so damn proud of that guy for coming back. I mean, he means something to the city. The city means a lot to him. This is a rare thing. This is a rare thing. Marvin Harrison, you know, didn't get to retire on his own terms. Reggie Wayne wanted to come back. They had to say, no, thanks, Reggie. And those are, I mean, those are Hall of Fame guys. And the fact that T.Y. gets to come back this year and he took a little bit more money, but he's still getting paid well, it speaks a lot to his value. And then secondly, the the, the thing I heard that stood out on that front was how much they value T.Y. with Carson Wentz coming in. You know, there's a lot of value in having a veteran receiver who knows the building, who's absolutely respected from the top down. We're talking Ursay Ballard, Reich. To have Carson coming into that, to have a guy he can go to, that's huge. I mean, that's huge. It's beyond X's and O's. It's beyond the routes and the production. Having T.Y. here will help Carson Wentz's life a lot, make it a lot easier. Yeah. Are there any other guys? I know you mentioned Justin Houston potentially. Any other guys that you're hoping the Colts potentially look to bring back this season? Um, you know, the Justin Houston is one that makes you feel better because of the pass rush. I, th- I still think he can play. The tendered free agents are interesting to me because George Odom is, is not a lock to come back. And I know he's not a huge name, but he's a reserve safety and he's a really good special teams guy. And he led the league in special teams tackle last year. And that matters. It really does matter. Field position game. You know, I think Pascal comes back. I think Moelle Cox comes back. 
Odom, the talks weren't great when they originally discussed contract terms. We'll see what Odom gets on the open market. The Colts have rights to first refusal if they want to match that. That's not necessarily a backbreaking loss, but it does, you know, hurt your special teams to lose one of its better players. Mm, yeah, makes sense. All right, Zach. Well, thank you so much, man, for coming on, discussing this a little bit. Hopefully, some Colts fans who listen to this can kind of put their minds at ease a little bit about what the Colts are doing, why they're doing it. I mean, it made perfect sense how you explained it, and I think that's where the Colts' mind is right now. And, and it makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. But thanks, Zach, so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Cody. Keep up the great work, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. See you, man. Yeah.